Welcome to When One Thing Leads to Another, a podcast that takes you freewheeling down the great internet rabbit hole of trivia. Each week we pick a starting point and then who knows where all the twists, turns and tangents will take us. But we'll be sure to unearth a treasure trove of frivolous facts that will be as fascinating as they are, well, useless. When One Thing Leads to Another is produced and presented by us, Helen and Bill Rich. Our theme music is by Justin Mitchell. This is Series 2, Episode 18. Toy Story. Can I tell you something terrifying? I'd rather you didn't. Toy Story is 28 years old. Oh, goodness me. I know. That is horrifying. Yeah. I re-watched three of the four films over Christmas, you may recall while you were working uh, and they are excellent they are very good they are excellent so i thought i'd dig out some info on the franchise and it led me to some interesting and sometimes dark places oh dark yeah so, i'm intrigued good good so it's directed by john lassiter right and it's based on his short film right tin toy Okay. Which was released in 1988. Mm -hmm. Now, let me give you a brief background to this. Lasseter worked in the animation department of Pixar. Okay. Right. And Pixar started in 1979 as part of the Lucasfilm yep. computer division. Okay. And did you know that in 1986, Steve Jobs became its major shareholder? Oh, you did know that? Yeah, I did know that. Actually, okay, yeah. well, I didn't, so that was news to me. Okay. So, well done you for knowing that. Bravo me. Pixar's only MO was to build and promote the company's own Pixar image computers. Oh, right. Right, so okay. it wasn't set up as a, let's make some lovely films. It was for the computers. Oh. Let's build them and let's showcase what they can do. Right. -o. Okay. It wasn't ever really meant to generate revenue. So the animation department were just supposed to make short films to show off the software. Oh, I see. Okay. Right. And they made a short film in 1986 called Luxo Junior. Okay. And that is the name of the lamp. You know the lamp in the Pixar oh, logo? Yeah. That lamp is called Luxo Junior and Luxo Junior was the star of the very first film. Oh, well, that's rather good. Yeah, it was really good. It was the, there was a little lamp and a big lamp and the little lamp was playing with a ball. Oh. It was a two-minute short film. Great. That got nominated for an Oscar. Wow. For, for Best Animated Short Film. Um, it didn't win it, but it was nominated. So that spurred them on and then they made another short film. But by 1988, mm -hmm. cash was running short and the guys building the computers or the engineers, they were annoyed that the animation department was spending all the money on making <laughs> films. So that's the situation when John Lasseter pitches the idea of Tin Toy to Steve Jobs. He's he's essentially pitching for his life. This is the last sort of opportunity he's got. Last chance saloon. Yeah, Tin Toy. And the plot of Tin Toy being Tinny, a tin one-man band toy, <laughs> attempting to escape from Billy, an infant. Oh, okay. Okay. Steve was sceptical, but after seeing the storyboards and Lasseter doing the voices and acting out all the shots, he decided to give it a go. And apparently Steve Jobs said, all I ask of you, John, is to make it great. And it was. It won the Oscar in 1988 for Best Short Film. And it was the first CGI film to win an Oscar. Wow. It's five minutes long, Tin Toy. Okay. And this attracted the attention of Disney, okay. who sealed an agreement to create Toy Story, inspired by elements of 
tin toy. Gotcha. Yeah. And Tinny himself makes a cameo appearance in Toy Story 4, appearing when Woody and Bo Peep enter a pinball machine oh, to I... meet Duke Kaboom. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was interesting enough to, um, to be included. I, I quite liked that. To Toy Story. Yeah. We know that Tom Hanks is the voice of Woody. Of course. Well, Paul Newman was considered initially really? for the role, along with Robin Williams and Clint Eastwood. Okay, wow. And to gauge how an actor's voice might fit with the character, yeah. Lasseter borrowed a common Disney technique. Animate a vocal monologue from a well-established actor to meld the actor's voice with the appearance or actions of the animated character. And this early test footage using Hank's voice from Turner and Hooch oh. convinced Hank's to sign for the film. Oh, I see. So they took some already recorded dialogue from a previous film yeah, and, and then animated and it to that. To Woody. Oh, wow. Isn't that great? Yeah. Because I would have thought that Clint Eastwood would be quite good, but he was probably too serious. Too hard, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For, for Woody. We'll never it, know. Yeah, because Hanks has a good childlike voice, doesn't he? Yeah. Not childlike, but playful voice. Billy Crystal was approached to play Buzz, and he okay. was given his own monologue as well, utilising dialogue from When Harry Met Sally. <laughs> but he turned down the role, believing the film would be unsuccessful due to its animation. Wow. Yeah, he regretted that. I bet he did. Um, upon seeing the film, he subsequently accepted the role of Mike Wazowski in Monsters, Inc. Right, OK. Um, yeah. Oh, yes, of yeah. course, yeah. And, you know, Rex the dinosaur and Slinky the dog, they were voiced by Wallace Shawn and Jim Varney. Well, before they were cast, Rick Moranis and John Cleese wow. were originally considered for the roles. Good grief. Yeah. How different those films could have been, you know? Yeah, yeah. And of course, the other star of Toy Story is Buzz Lightyear. Of course. Voiced by Tim Allen. Tim Allen. His birth name is Timothy Dick, <laughs> which I thought was fun. Both fun and slightly uh, unfortunate. And did you know that Tim Allen used to be a drug dealer? What? An actual bona fide drug dealer. Good grief. Yeah. On October the 2nd, 1978, Allen was arrested at the Kalamazoo Battle Creek International Airport for possession of over 650 grams of cocaine. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's big time. Yeah. He was a big time drug dealer. Wow. He subsequently pleaded guilty to felony drug trafficking charges and provided the names of other drug dealers oh, in exchange for a sentence of three to seven years. Good grief. Yeah, rather than a possible life imprisonment. So his life could have been very different indeed had he not have snitched. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm surprised he didn't go on some witness protection programme. Yeah. He was paroled on June the 12th, 1981, after serving two years and four months in Federal Correctional Institution in Sandstone, Minnesota. Well, I didn't know anything about that. Yeah, and he said, when I went to jail, reality hit so hard that it took my breath away, took my stance away, took my strength away. I was put in a holding cell with 20 other guys. We had to crap in the same crapper in the middle of the room. And I just told myself, I can't do this for seven and a half years. I want to kill myself. <laughs> oh, OK. Well, flipping heck. Yeah. And amazingly, it was when he was in prison that the comic in him began to really grow. And before long, he was able to make some of the toughest prisoners and even the guards laugh. So he had a bit of a uh, road to Damascus uh, moment there. Well, well, there's nothing like having to crap in the middle of a room with 20 other hardened criminals in the place to uh, do that for you. Yeah. 
Now, the show most associated with Tim Allen, prior, obviously, to Toy Story and all that, was a show called Home Improvement. Yeah, I, I never really watched it, did you? No, that sort of passed me by. Yeah. Yeah, it ran from 91 to 99, mm. uh, I'm reading here. Oh, uh, university uh, years. Yeah, yeah, we were probably doing other... Too busy getting high. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> or am I? Um... <laughs> <laughs> No, it was the old 50p a shot and a free mixer on, yeah. on, a, on a Tuesday night down at the uh, Union. And 17p for an individual fag. That's it. <laughs> cool, those are the days, weren't yeah. they? Take me back. <laughs> um, yes, well, Home Improvement was one of the most watched sitcoms in the United States oh. during the 1990s. Yeah, oh, it was wow. Really very popular. Mm. And it won a ton of awards, even though the critics didn't much care for it. Oh, right. Okay. And of course, this launched Tim Allen's acting career and yeah. was, of course, this, I'd forgotten this, was the start of the television career of Pamela Anderson. Pamela Anderson? Yeah, she was. She was in Home Improvement? Yeah, she was in Home Improvements. I thought her, her big, big moment was Baywatch, but okay. Well, that was the thing that I suppose propelled her yeah. into superstardom. Okay. Well, she was in the first two seasons right. of Home Improvement. Oh, how funny. With old uh, Tim Allen there. Yeah. And dear old Pammy, as well as modelling and acting, mm. she's now become quite the activist. She is quite the activist, isn't she? Yeah, particularly uh, for animal rights. Yeah, yeah. And uh, anyway, I was doing a little bit of uh, Googling and I found a paragraph about her activism on her wiki page. Mm. And uh, there's an amusing line in it, so I'm going to share it with you now. Oh, OK. If I may. Pamela Anderson possibly ironically, has been critical of pornography. Oh, right. Okay. Um, and in 2016, she co-authored a viral Wall Street Journal opinion piece with Orthodox rabbi Shmuley Batayak. Right. In which they called online pornography a, quote, public hazard of unprecedented seriousness, right. unquote. And they later gave a joint lecture at Oxford University Ooh. to over a thousand people. And uh, this is the line that amused me. Yeah, the rabbi Shmuley Batayak observed, quote, it can be intimidating to talk about pornography and eroticism alongside an international sex symbol, but I think Pamela has handled it extremely well. <laughs> Very that, good. Yeah, good. Good Shmuley. Good Shmuley. Like it. Now, Pamela lives on Vancouver Island. Oh, right. OK. Vancouver Island boasts being the 43rd largest island in the world. Uh, do you know what the biggest one is? Uh, it's probably Greenland, isn't it? You are correct, Amundo, on that score, yeah. Great Britain, this surprised me, is the ninth biggest island. Cool, I wouldn't have thought we'd be that big. Yeah, um, and New Guinea and Borneo are second and third respectively, right. which, you know, I think it's because we're used to that world map being a bit skewed, because I would have had Great Britain as being quite a bit bigger than New Guinea and Borneo, but yeah. I think it's because of the um, the way that map's done, isn't it? Because it's on a globe, which is then flattened, the countries at the north and the south, I think, appear bigger than they are. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's not to scale, then? Yeah, I used to have this map that was a bit more accurate to how big the actual land masses are. Right. And it's really quite skewed. Oh, OK. Yeah, check it out. And Vancouver Island is Canada's 11th biggest island. Right. The biggest one being Baffin Oh, right, OK. Island. Yeah. yeah. And the population of Vancouver is 864,000 people. OK. Roughly. Victoria is its biggest city, um, which is also, of course, makes it the capital of British Columbia. Right. OK. Now, Vancouver Island sounds like a pretty nice place to live. Ooh, uh, I was having it? a little look. Yeah. Because I thought it'd be, you know, you think of Canada being just really cold, flipping cold for huge swathes of the year. But um, the temperatures on the coast, even in January, are usually above zero degrees. Oh, 
positively balmy. Um, and in the summer, the warmest days usually have a maximum of around 28 to 33 Ooh, degrees centigrade. That's, that's quite nice. Which is pretty nice. And the southeastern part of the island in particular has a warm summer. It's considered um, a Mediterranean climate. Oh, really? Yeah. Which, up there in Canada? All up there in Canada, yeah. And it's even got, you know, numerous vineyards. And since the 1990s, it's been mild enough in a few areas to grow Mediterranean crops, such as olives and lemons. Right, we're going. Let's go on holiday there, shall we? Yeah, which surprised me yeah. massively. Yeah. I'd, quite, I'd be quite nice to live in Canada. The people are really nice, aren't they? They are very nice. I've been there. I've had the pleasure. What, have you been to Vancouver Island? I haven't been to Vancouver Island, but I've been to Vancouver. Oh. And I've been to Whistler. Yeah, because there is that joke, which is a little bit cruel, but I think it serves to illustrate that Canadian people are nice, right? There's that joke that goes, how do you get 100 Canadians into a wardrobe? Oh, you ask them. You just ask them, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you who's been resident on Vancouver Island too. Mm. Do you remember Nelly Furtado? I used to love Nelly Furtado. Do you, what was her hit? Well, she had a few. She had, oh. I'm like a bird, oh, yeah. I only fly away. And she had um, Maneater. She got a bit dancey later on. I think that was her third album. Right, oh, blimey. And Turn Out the Lights, Turn Out the Lights. She, she started off being a little bit kind of pop, hip-hop. Hip-pop. Hip-pop. Um, well, she... She's from there. Oh, right. Um, okay. And Kim Cattrall. Oh, yeah. Now, she she famously was born in Liverpool yeah. here in the UK, um, but she moved to Vancouver Island when she was three months oh, old. Okay. I'm sure she remembers it yes, very well. fondly. I've just been looking up interesting things about Vancouver Island. Oh, yeah. And this is quite interesting. The island holds quite a lot of world titles, world records. Oh yeah, go on. Including the world's largest hockey stick in <laughs> Duncan. It's 62 and a half metres long and weighs 28 tonnes. That's pretty big. That is a hockey stick to behold, is it not? Yeah. Or, or in fact not to behold, you're not going to be able to hold that, are you? No, no, no. And it's also got a Guinness World Record for the largest street hockey tournament which took place in Ladysmith. So that's very nice for them, isn't it? There's obviously not that much else to do up there. They love a bit of hockey in Canada, don't they? They really do, having been there myself, as I say. And I've been in the odd bar or two. If there's a hockey match on, I tell you what, all eyes are on the screen there. Yeah, yeah, that's their, that's their footy, isn't it, I suppose? Well, actually, hockey is the third most popular sport in the world. Is it really? So what's one and two? Well, I imagine, well, football as in soccer, obviously, got to be number one. Yeah. And number two, okay, I'm going to guess baseball. It's cricket. Oh, is it? Think about all the Asian countries that play cricket as well. Yeah. Yeah, football has an estimated three and a half billion fans. <laughs> cricket, two and a half billion fans. Wow. And hockey, two billion. Just the two billion. Yeah. I'm talking, obviously, about ice hockey. Yes, of course. Yeah. I thought this was interesting. You know the pucks that they yeah. play with? Hit. They used to be frozen cow pats. Did they? When it first, a long time ago. Now they're made of rubber. <laughs> they dispense with the cow pats. Yeah, got a bit dirty, a bit smelly. Now they're made of rubber, but they are still frozen. They're kept on ice until they're needed for a game. And then when they start warming up, Right. They be so when they start thawing out and yeah. warming up, they become flimsy and they bounce, which you don't want as they're harder to control. Right, okay. So once they they thaw, they're swapped. Yeah. And in a in a National Hockey League game, yeah. you can get through twelve pucks. Can you? Yeah. Well who knew? I'll tell you who knew. 
pretty much every Canadian that uh, exists yeah. today. Yeah. And during a hockey game, yeah. players, goalies in particular, mm -hmm. can lose as much as 10 pounds of water weight. Through the old sweating. Yeah, goalies sweat a lot because of the lights, the thick padded layers and the fact that they play the entire game. Okay. And to combat dehydration induced muscle cramps, goalies <laughs> consume sports drinks, pickle juice and mustard packets. Mustard packets? Yeah, I know. I'm not sure Ooh. about why that is, but there you go. Wow. Which has then got me on to um, sweat glands. Oh, the lovely subject of sweat glands. Which I used to have quite a lot of trouble with when I was younger. I was a right mm. sweaty mare. Little. Sometimes you'll still see the old little glistening top lip. <laughs> I've never wanted you more. <laughs> did you know that sweat glands differ between the sexes? I didn't know that, but that seems to be fair enough. Women are found to commonly have more sweat glands right. than men, but the sweat glands of men have been found to produce more sweat overall. Okay. And some studies suggest that this is due to weight. Thought that was mildly interesting. It's certainly bordering on interesting. Now, this is something that I know that you know because you've very much relished telling people at parties this. Maybe oh not parties, but... So perspiration is mostly odourless, as we know. At least that's true of the sweat dripping from your forehead and arms after a run. But something is different about the sweat from your armpits and groin yeah. that makes it stink. Yeah. Is it not the smell of the sweat per se, but rather the bacteria that's eating the sweat and then excreting said sweat? Th that's exactly, yeah. It's the poo-poo of the bacteria that eats the sweat that makes the smell. That is a lovely thought. Yes, to put it in a slightly more... Um, romantic way yes the sweat glands in those places are called the apocrine glands and they release a protein rich form of perspiration that gets eaten by bacteria and it's the byproducts of these bacteria feeding on your sweat that produce body odor how absolutely charming i always think sweat smells a bit like onions and you you think sweat smells like vinegar don't you on a really bad day i don't want to go into too much detail but when i was in that there australia where it does get extremely hot mm. i would sweat a little bit there and um, my housemates at the time they'd call me sarsons because <laughs> <laughs> i'd have a little air of sarsons wow. uh, about me yeah and you mentioned that you think sweat smells a bit like onion. Fried onion specifically. Yeah, well, I was talking to my mate Ed the other day mm. and uh, we were talking about how you get things wrong when you're a kid. Mm. And uh, he knew he knew that B.O., what it was, it, that it smelt and that, but he didn't know that it actually stood for body odour and he thought it stood for bad onions. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, but it works. Bad onions. It's near enough, isn't it? Yeah. Cool, you've got a case of the old bad onions, mate. Have a shower. Did you know that you can actually sweat blood? Oh, that would get messy. Yeah, it's called hematidrosis. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I have been finding out about. And it may occur in individuals suffering from extreme levels of stress. Bloody hell. The... Imagine being so stressed that you start sweating blood. Yeah, quite. It's extremely extremely rare okay. I have found out right and around the sweat glands there are multiple blood vessels uh, in a net like form which constrict under the pressure of great stress right and then as the anxiety passes the blood vessels dilate to the point of rupture and go into the sweat glands 
And as the sweat glands produce a lot of sweat, they push the blood to the surface, which then comes out as droplets of blood mixed with the sweat. Wow. Yeah. Dermatological research notes the presence of hematidrosis in people awaiting execution. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's, that's going to be... That's quite high stress. I would it? have said you're going to be reasonably stressed out given that scenario. And there's also a case recorded uh, during the uh, London Blitz in the Second World War. Oh, wow. Yeah, that will, obviously that would be a very stressful time. Cool, I didn't know about that. Hematidrosis. Yeah. Oh. The sweating of blood. The sweating of blood. Okay, well, if I can just go back to the, well, what seems rather rather vanilla now, just ordinary sweating. Please do. Perspiration, did you know? It can be a big problem for people in a low-gravity environment, <laughs> <laughs> such as space. <laughs> because even after great exertion, sweat doesn't exactly drip off the skin without gravity. Instead, it just sort of sits there and pulls up which can disrupt electronic equipment and make spacewalks extra uncomfortable. Houston, we have a problem. God, they have to think about a yeah. lot up there, don't they, up there in that their space? They do. So astronauts wear special underwear on their spacewalks and it's filled with cooling tubes that whisk the heat away. Wow. And one bonus in the controlled environment of a space station, any extra moisture from sweat that does get into the air is sucked up by the ventilation system and recycled mm. into fresh water for the astronauts to drink. Oh, man. Oh, oh that, that is gross. Bad. Oh, I'm never going to become an astronaut. Thank you for listening to When One Thing Leads to Another, a podcast produced and presented by us, Helen and Bill Rich. If you've enjoyed this episode, then please rate and review us on wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe, and that way you'll never miss an episode. We'd also love to hear from you, especially if we've got any of our information wrong, or you have some more fascinating facts about something we've talked about, or you could even suggest a subject for our starting point. Our email address is when one thing leads to another at gmail.com. A massive thank you to Justin Mitchell for letting us use his music as our theme song. It's a track called Homo Erectus, taken from his fantastical album called The Garden of Earthly Delights, which is available to buy from bandcamp.com. Thanks also to Acast for hosting us. Join us next week for another episode of When One Thing Leads to Another. Please note that all facts have been found on the internet and therefore we cannot vouch for their veracity. Mm -hmm.